thank you for listening in on our podcast in the series, Intergenerational Conversations on Climate. The podcast brings together voices from high school students and senior citizens from around New Brunswick to discuss their concerns about climate change in our province. The project is the product of Voices for Sustainable Environments and Communities as part of your province's Environmental Trust Fund at work. Today we are engaged now with several conversations exploring concerns and hopes represented by senior citizens and high school students. Climate crises appear in global and national news with increasing frequency and desperation. Voices of concern can be heard every day. Voices of hope are less common. How do our friends and neighbors think about the new climate? Let's find out. Today we have Josh and Robert willing to share their thoughts. I'm Bruce Langus, and I'll be the facilitator. I'll read these questions one at a time, and I'll uh, give each person a, a chance to um, to answer them uh, as much as they want with as much detail as they want. And then after that first question, we will discuss our answers, either briefly or in uh, vast and terrible detail, as you wish. Uh, and then we'll move on to the next question. We'll probably have five questions in the half hour. First question to Robert. How familiar are you with the changing climate? Well, I had neighbors who were extremely concerned about uh, climate change for many years. And uh, climate change seemed to be affecting their way of life to a significant degree, as well as uh, our own in our own home. So uh, thanks to the uh, dedication of this uh, couple who lived next door to us of uh, various uh, issues affecting climate, I became probably aware from them uh, more as to what climate change could mean than uh, any other source other than what I would hear on newscasts and things of that nature. And certainly I didn't uh, spend uh, two or three years at university studying this matter, but uh, I am aware that climate change is indeed something that is impacting us all. Josh, same question. How familiar are you with our changing climate? Um. Well, I'd say I'm pretty familiar with it because at school, it's kind of a trending topic that we like to talk about. Um, my friends and I talk about it not often, but we do talk about when it gets uh, pretty bad. And you see it all over the internet, whether it's on social media, you see people talk about it, or on the news, or uh, just in between parents and like kids, you often talk about it too. So I'd say I'm pretty familiar, but uh, like Robert, I'm not, I'm no expert, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Robert, where do you get your climate information? From my neighbors. And they were, uh, we were all 
greatly impacted upon by the floods of 2018-2019 and uh, as a result of that and the fact that you folks were uh, much more uh, wisely instructed and uh, interested from the perspective of delving into rationales uh, that would uh, affect our climate and were constantly involved with uh, keeping us up to date. Uh, that is uh, how I basically became involved in my deeper knowledge or my deeper concerns about climate change. Josh, where do you get your climate information? Um, a lot from school, whether it's teachers or uh, just talking in between friends. Um, I'd say social media a lot too. Uh, you can never be 100% sure if what you see on there is true, but uh, there are a lot of like facts and it really gets you like thinking about the climate when you see it on social media. And uh, family. My grandfather is an expert, so I'd say I get a lot of it from him too. A lot of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Very good. And as a follow-up on that, who do you trust about climate facts? Um, and I'm thinking, do you trust the, um, the news readers, news presenters on, uh, on either radio or TV? Do you trust political figures? Do you trust um, business leaders? I feel like personally, I trust people that I know like personally more um, because when it's on the news or online or whatever it is, it can be kind of enlarged to be either a bigger problem or a smaller problem. It can be like twisted so that the way that they want you to know it is known. But I feel like if it's someone you know personally, whether it's family or friends, they don't really have a reason to twist it or kind of lie to you about it, whether it's like in a larger scale or if it's just not knowing the right statistics. So I'd say personally, I'd trust people that are closer to me, but also news reports, I, uh, I would trust too. Robert, who do you trust to give you facts on the climate? My neighbors. I think uh, I, I trust certain uh, news outlets. I'm uh, uh, a bit of a news junkie. Uh, I uh, have particular news channels that I uh, have more faith in than others. Uh, I won't give any examples, but I uh, am uh, listen uh, pretty regularly. Interestingly enough, I think we get more news from the United States than and the U.S. on, on a host of issues, let alone uh, climate change, than we do from uh, our own sources within inside uh, our, our own country. Uh, but uh, I listen to uh, various uh, reports that are made available to these people, and I feel that uh, I have determined in my short time that this has become a really major concern that uh, the source of information with reference to climate change that I uh, listen to and uh, have faith in are, uh, are accurate and uh, are uh, basically truthful. Uh, I uh, wouldn't. I, 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 I can say that uh, uh, unequivocally, um, having had some experience in politics, that um, 
I don't think that one should put a whole lot of faith in what politicians have to say about uh, what uh, climate change is all about. And uh, it's uh, something that uh, too frequently uh, politicians, as we're seeing uh, with uh, the major debates that are going on in the U.S. right now with reference to gun control, uh, put their own interests ahead of those of uh, not only their constituents, but the citizens of their country. And I think that that possibly influences uh, politicians of all stripes, uh, both uh, here and uh, uh, probably around the world, but certainly in Canada and uh, in the U.S., uh, as to their thoughts as to how or what we should be doing about climate change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how do we get beyond that, that politicians are not truthful actors? Well, I hearken back to the words of Winston Churchill. Uh, democracy is just about the worst form of government that one can imagine, with the exception of all of the rest. And so uh, it's, 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 a, it's a, a blemish on our democratic system, but to enjoy the freedoms and uh, the rights that we have under a democracy, I think that we have to just be aware of what we have to put into perspective, what we have to discard. And uh, that's something that I think is each individual's right to uh, to do. Josh, what do you think about that? How can we make politicians uh, more truthful and listen to what we're concerned about? Um, politicians tend to uh, kind of manipulate the truth to get votes for themselves so that they can have uh, the control of whatever they're running for. So I feel like there's always going to be the uh, slight manipulation of truth when it comes to politics or the government or anything like that. But I feel like just if more people become like aware of problems and kind of bring it up with... Uh, with the politicians that they and like go deeper into uh looking for proof that the politicians are like manipulating what they uh what they want to say if more people bring that up i feel like they would have to be more truthful uh in whatever they're saying but i don't really see that changing anytime soon just as a footnote uh, uh bruce I, i'd like to add i i don't think it's fair to and it was not my intention to uh, put all politicians into that same classification. There are some who, in recent history, in this country, who have uh, not only laid their own careers on the line for making tough decisions, but the, but, uh, the lives of uh, all of those who were adherents of theirs and were part and parcel of uh, the uh, the process being members of parliament or, or, or associated with members of parliament uh, who did pay a price, and but that was because of principle. 
And so I think it's important that we understand that there can be and there are certainly principled politicians of, of all stripes. I don't uh, categorize just one party over, over the other. Uh, so uh, I, I wouldn't want to have it thought that my opinion was that uh, all politicians are, are, are greedy to the extent that they will not uh, do the right thing at the end of the day. But unfortunately, there are quite a few who will and do. Good point. Robert, do you share your feelings, not just about climate change, but other other issues? Do you share your feelings with your MLA and your MP? Rarely. No, not frequently. Um, again, uh, I had a particular issue just not uh, two weeks ago, that um, three weeks ago perhaps, that uh, I felt I would like to uh, discuss uh, with a, uh, a certain local politician. Uh, I contacted them, made them aware of the issue that I was speaking of, and uh, unfortunately to this day I've not heard a single word back. So, um, no, I, 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 uh, I don't bother too much with that any longer. Josh, have you, uh, either through a, a high school class or just on your own initiative, have you ever sent a letter or email to uh, either your MLA or your MP about climate? Um, not a letter or anything like that, but I believe it was in ninth grade. Our whole school went on a protest down to City Hall, and... Uh, we we went down there and we had signs and we stayed out there for an hour or two and we just kind of protested that you know the environment was kind of crumbling and stuff um a letter to like someone higher above i'd say no i feel like that wouldn't really do anything if it's just one letter from one student but maybe if like the whole school or like everyone that had a problem with it sent a letter then something might get done but I feel like protesting and being there in person uh, with a bunch of other people is more effective than sending sending letters. Robert, somebody who's been in that chair of a, of a uh, standing uh, politician, what um, uh, what influenced you? during that time? Letters from high school students or? I think, uh, well, I don't want to get into the uh, the subject of uh, what makes a a good politician and what doesn't make a good politician, but uh, uh, politicians, at least at the federal level, and I guess probably at the provincial level as well, because I experienced both, um, have a choice to make. Uh, They can delve themselves entirely into the process of uh, legislative matters and uh, uh, dealing with uh, various bills and perhaps uh, being creative about uh, producing them. Uh, In other words, they become Ottawa people or they become Fredericton people, whichever, in this province. And, uh, or you can become a constituency person and deal with constituency issues that are brought to your 
uh, to, brought to your attention. Um, my preference during uh, those years was to be was to be a constituency person, which is why I have a difficult time uh, accepting the fact that in uh, just the most recent example, three weeks has passed that I have not had a response from uh, a certain MP. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you've, you've got uh, they they have choices and uh, they uh, can. Uh, make a difference, but uh, their choices that they make uh, can uh, definitely affect issues that are of major concern, and certainly climate change has got to be uh, on the on the desk of every elected official that represents any sort of a constituency, whether uh, wherever it be in the in the free world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sticking on the on the um, uh, subject of uh, of politics, I guess that's this is the most basic form of politics. Josh, how would you feel about Canada giving the vote to sixteen-year-olds? Um, I don't know. That's a it's a hard question. There's a lot of sixteen-year-olds that I feel would get kind of tunnel visioned. I guess, in a way, about how they would only think of uh, the climate change. If they were wanting to vote for the climate, they would kind of get tunnel-visioned into only wanting that, and they wouldn't think about the voting, uh, like, about the society or economically, or just, like, in a bigger, larger picture. I feel like a lot of teens kind of get in their own world, about what they want but at the same time I feel like a lot of teens would uh like having the vote to 16 year olds would kind of allow us to see in a bigger picture what the society wants because teens are the future and that is like a fact so having them be able to cast their vote on what they want uh for the world would also be a good thing so it's a it's a hard question but I would say yeah I'd say 16-year-olds should have the vote. Robert, what do you think? Well, Bruce, I know that you would find it hard to believe, but I was 16 at one time. And uh, I can uh, well recall I had a lot of friends that were 16 as well, uh, a group of uh, reasonable 16-year-olds, I I should think. I'd be scared to death if they had the vote, uh, quite frankly. Why not give it to 14-year-olds or 12-year-olds? So I think their maturity uh, and uh, life's life's experiences uh, play a factor. You're by the time you're 18, you're out of uh, for the most part out of uh, high school, and uh, you've uh, gained supposedly uh, some maturity. You've had you've been exposed to some of life's experiences with reference to perhaps high Y clubs and. Uh, Boy Scouts or Girl Guides or whatever uh, it may have been, all of which are are character builders. And I think that it's uh, important that uh, people who have the vote, which millions on this planet do not have, uh, is a very valuable thing and one that should be cherished by every citizen of a free democracy. And I feel that you should have what 
is normally thought as uh, enough of life's experiences to use that power of the ballot uh, in a very uh, sensible and uh, responsible manner. And I feel that probably uh, 16-year-olds, again, I repeat, having been there, uh, perhaps don't hold all of the capacity to be able to make decisions that would be in the best interest of, of, of the country or perhaps the world. Josh, how do you feel about that? Is a 18-year-old more mature than a 16-year-old? Um, well, bottom line, it's only really two years difference. Um, Robert said that he was 16 at one point, and that's, you know, obviously, but there's 16-year-olds, when you were 16, might have been more, uh, kind of less caring about the world or such, but I feel like now... Like in my school and like the way that my friends are, we're personally a lot more, I don't want to say mature, but I would say mature for our age. Um, we're, uh, we're a lot, we're really engaged at school in the environment and like the economic and just the way that our society kind of works. We're really involved in that. So I feel like two years you know, not a lot can change, but that's just, uh, I don't know. I'd say giving the vote to 16-year-olds would still be a good idea just because it's two years difference. We've still had a lot of experience, and uh, we're getting close to graduating high school, so I'd say that it'd be a good idea. <laughs> um, as a, as a, a dinosaur who... I don't remember being 16. I guess I must have. You were. At some point, there were, I remember a lot of volcanoes going off then, and there were strange dinosaurs flying around. But uh, but uh, um, I'm not sure, uh, and certainly a lot of my friends who were that age weren't very mature, and yet... <laughs> I look around now, and I see a lot of 60- and 70-year-old people who aren't very mature either. Oh, boy. You bet that. So, not sure what the answer to that is. Mm. Um, one last question for each of you. Robert, is the climate crisis the threat we should be most concerned about now? No, I couldn't say, Bruce, with uh, all sincerity that climate change should be the only threat that we, in as a part of the global community, should be concerned about. We certainly, it is up there. The nuclear proliferation is... Uh, 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 is a very, very immediate thing that we has been brought to our attention just in recent months uh, as being a, a potential uh, global threat. Uh, there, are, there are so many issues that we have got to be concerned about, including our capability of being able to maintain ourselves and maintain our families. Uh, the economy, 
So I, although I certainly feel that climate change is as important as any of the others, I do feel that there's a basket out there of matters and issues that uh, we have got to, as a world community and global community, we have got to pay attention to and be aware of and be wary of. Josh, is climate change the threat we should be most concerned about today? Um, that's a hard question because it's, it's definitely very important, but there's a lot of problems in the world right now that are hard to like control all at once. So obviously climate change is very important because we're getting to the point of no return in the next decade or so uh it's it if we don't really kind of step up our game it's just going to be uh a down spiral to uh you know non-stop rising temperatures and sea levels and uh just the climate kind of deteriorating so getting in the right track to fix that is very important but there's also many other uh like whether it's not global or just other global problems that are also very important. But I would say uh, climate change is probably one of, if not the most important one, yeah. Very good, very good. We'll wrap it up there. Let me thank our participants, Robert and Josh. And I also want to thank Cameron Davidson and April Oak for recording and managing the session and producing today's podcast. Thank you all for your wisdom.